Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 12th of November 2017. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, where you'll find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather is uh, absolutely glorious. Uh, fine, sunny, and a top of 26 degrees. Um, Right now, that cloud that we had earlier in the morning seems to have well and truly burnt off, and we've got uh, some pretty light winds coming up to about uh, 20, 25 kilometres from the uh, the, the south, uh, southerly sea breezes, as is often the case this time of the year. So as always, uh, if you're out and about on our beautiful waterways, uh, please be careful. Today, I'm uh, joined in the studio by a familiar face, uh, Pete Crockett. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. How are you today? Thanks, Andrew. I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be back in the studio after a very long time away. Very good. And uh, what's on the agenda today, mate? Um, well, I was wanting to talk about a pretty exciting event coming up uh, next Friday evening called Showcasing Victoria's Marine Science. Sounds good. We're just going to uh, these quick messages and back after the break. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay. You are just being killed for trespassing. Subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 8377. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. Okay, so uh, Pete, uh, showcasing Victoria's marine science. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? It's a uh, annual event that uh, the Australian Marine Sciences Association um, branch in Victoria organise. Uh, it's an opportunity for um, a, a selected group of leading Victorian marine scientists to 
talk about the sort of research they're doing. Um, and it's pitched at, um, you know, a general audience. So the public and AMSA members come along. Um, it's not overly technical. It's about sort of showcasing the marine science and, and letting people know what's going on. Fantastic. Um, so yeah. these are pretty much the, I mean, these are some of the cream of the crop, aren't they? These, uh, well, they're all cream of the crop type uh, researchers in their in their respective fields. Definitely. It's, uh, I suppose we, we don't, always associate Victoria as having a huge marine science community. We, you know, we think of places like Hobart where there's lots of Antarctic research and uh, Queensland where there's lots of great barrier reef research yep. is having a lot of marine scientists. But there's a huge number working away in Victoria. And so we've had this event for the last three years and each year there's uh, six speakers and they've been different every year and uh, they've all been absolutely fantastic. They certainly have, yep. They've been great just from personal experience going along to that one. For our younger listeners especially, those who are, um, you know, they might be completing undergraduate courses and wondering what the next step is from here, uh, the Australian Marine Sciences Association is a fantastic mob to be affiliated with, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, it's a way to keep in touch with the other marine scientists uh, in Victoria and all around Australia. Um, and sort of, you know, keep up to date with some of the opportunities for, um, you know, research positions, uh, PhDs, masters, um, and generally what's happening in marine science around uh, the place. Absolutely. It's all well and good to be a walking, talking encyclopedia on all things marine, uh, which is great, which I see a lot of young idealistic people wanting to do and doing a pretty good job of it in many cases, but uh, nothing can replace that networking, um, being able to uh, dip a toe in the water and see who's out there. So getting involved with AMSA, uh, for those that are um, uh, you know able to do so, jump onto the net, have a look up, look up AMSA Victoria, uh, for those of you that are in this state, and have a, have a, have a look at the website and uh, uh, and, and get some further information on it, and I, I guarantee it'll be worth your while to uh, to join up. Uh, so uh, Friday, seventeenth of November, twenty seventeen, six pm uh, is the kickoff at Story Hall at RMIT University, which is just across from the uh, from the State Library. Yep, and just next to next to Melbourne Central Station, so very accessible. Very accessible. Yep, right in uh, right in the middle of it all. So, that's... so we're hoping people will feel it's a nice way to ease into the weekend. Yeah. Uh, be, all done and dusted by 7.30pm. It's a nice sort of short and sharp... Um I don't like to call it a seminar, but I don't have another another word yeah, yeah. <laughs> for it. But basically a six um, short uh, short talks. They're, they're not, you know, 10 minutes. There's a bit of... You know, there'll be opportunities to ask, to ask questions. Um, but yeah, short, engaging presentations about what our six um, researchers are working on. Yep. At the moment. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I've been, uh, as Pete mentioned before, we've been, uh, this is the third year, third year that we're doing this one, um, putting on this event, and they've all been, uh, they've been absolutely tremendous, the uh, the, the talks that have um, that have gone on. I think um, having it at 10 minutes too for the uh, for the lay people who are um, keen to come along, who have an interest in, you know, marine science issues and don't have the, the formal qualifications or whatever, the thing to remember about these scientists is being that being the cream of the crop in their fields one of the, the I guess the the real necessities of uh, necessities of their work is that they're able to take those um, those cutting edge scientific discoveries that they've made and translate them to the layperson um, so they are all uh, terrific communicators which is uh, obviously a very very important uh, a very important thing so um, the if you're a layperson out there and you're interested please uh, please get along so tickets are ten dollars um, and what is it eight dollars with concession? Yeah, that's right. And uh, limited, so book early. I think in the past we've got, what, about 200 people along to these? Yeah, there's a few more tickets. It's a bigger venue this year, so we um, 
we can fit, um, we're hoping for about 300 people. Um, so a few more tickets available this year. You can, um, they're available from Eventbrite. Um, so if you just search in for showcasing Victoria's Marine Science 2017 on Eventbrite, um, you, you'll find, find the, the rundown of the event and be able to purchase tickets there. Terrific. For those of our listeners that have got a pen handy, uh, vicmarinescience2017.eventbrite.com.au is the uh, is the actual website for that one. Yeah, very good. That's um, <clears throat> really looking forward to this event. Sounds uh, sounds fantastic. Um, Pete, did you want to give us a bit of an outline on who's presenting what? And- yeah, the six speakers um, come from... Um, a wide range of uh, research institutions in Victoria. Um, first up, we have Professor John Buckridge from RMIT University. And John is a paleobiologist, uh, which is so someone who tries to tell the stories of biology through um, the fossil record and then you know relate that to how we got to the present. Right, so it's like an evolutionary biologist. A little type, bit, type yeah. yeah. He's, right. uh, so he's had a 40-year career um, looking... Wow at barnacles, of all things. Jeez. Um, so looking at the paleobiology and phylogeny of barnacles. Um, and one of his, uh, I suppose, his favourite research sites is Ricketts Point, uh, oh. which is one of Melbourne's marine sanctuaries. Uh, and down at Ricketts Point, uh, he and his students have published three books on the, on the, on the uh, flora and fauna that live in the Ricketts Point Marine Sanctuary. Excellent. And he's wor- working on a fourth um, but John's talk will be sort of looking at um, all the research projects that um, have happened down at Ricketts Point that John has been um, involved with, and in particular looking at the role of citizen scientists in those research projects. So John um, uses quite a lot of citizen scientists to help with the work he does, and yeah, he'll be outlining you know just what citizen scientists can contribute so citizen scientists are you know just general members of a public who have a, a passion and an interest for looking at um the environment around them and yeah. collecting data and uh contributing that um to the fantastic uh, very very important our, area our, the, our world of knowledge excellent um, and uh, for those who aren't aware ricketts point marine sanctuary is the one out at uh, bo morris sort of adjacent that black rock area um, that's right very nice part of the world ricketts point marine sanctuary and it's just as well that we've got one of the most active marine care if not the most active probably marine care group in the state i'd say just about is uh marine care ricketts point yeah um, they do an awful lot of work heaps they? of work down mm. there uh, ray lewis the uh president at the moment and doing a fantastic job of overseeing all this uh huge amount of citizen science uh, involvement that goes on so it's always mm. a great thing yep. yeah and the second speaker is dr paul carnell from the blue carbon lab at deakin university and what paul will be talking about is how we can uh, use some of our coastal ecosystems to um i suppose soak up some of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere which is you know ever increasing levels and mm. Pretty much everyone agrees that it would be in our interests to reduce the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Most people. and Yeah, that's right. And what Paul and the other workers in the Blue Carbon Lab are looking at is how you can sort of um, leverage the conservation of these environments by, you know, showing that they have this economic um, worth in being able to sequester carbon dioxide. Yes. And so it's about, you know, environmental services and, you know, rather than just looking at, um, conservation as something that you do for the sake of conservation. 
it's looking at it from the point of view, well, what are the actual ecosystem services provided by these areas that you can serve Fantastic. using a range of mechanisms, not just national parks and things like that, but, you know. So it sounds like it really seeks to quantify it all and put yeah, a, put a really so at the moment, value Paul's, on these things. Paul and the Blue and, and the other members of the, the lab are sort of looking at, uh, you know, just how much um, these environments um how much carbon dioxide they sequester and you know, what the processes are and so that it's sort of a pr- the pr- the science is proven and then it can become a you know a recognized yeah. uh, process absolutely so this um uh, it sounds like it um uh, i suppose dovetails in nicely with a presentation that was done a couple of years ago from memory peter mccready yes who leads that the, the yes. blue carbon lab yeah of course did a, did a talk yeah. on that one so and i should... remember that one being an absolute showstopper that was a beauty yeah so it should be a bit of an update they've done a lot of work since then so since it should then, be yeah. an update of, of where where they're up to rapidly developing area yeah. that's some very um, exciting stuff that sounds great yeah oh good i mean i think at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot said about, um, you know, climate change and climate science and all these sorts of things and carbon dioxide emissions and the whole lot. And for, for not only the lay people, but I'm sure the scientists as well, it gets very sort of overwhelming after a while. So it's it's wonderful to come along to an event like this from someone who's at the very, I suppose, the very front line, that cutting mm. edge of research and, and get mm. a really good perspective on it. And of yeah. course, there's, there's opportunity too, isn't there, for people to ask questions at the end of that 10-minute Yeah, there definitely will be. So we, yeah, we make sure we leave. A, you know, a few minutes at the end of each presentation, and you know we'll have microphones and yeah, all the rest. So microphones you around. can come prepared with questions if you like. Beautiful, but, uh, yeah. Oh, sounds good. That's a um, really good one, that. Yeah. One of the other speakers um, we've got, and we've been hoping to get someone from Parks Victoria for a while, is um, Dr. Stephen Howe, who's the Marine Science Manager for Parks Victoria, uh, and Stephen manages the, the research and monitoring um, side of Parks Victoria's work in their marine. Uh, protected areas, so the marine national parks and the marine sanctuaries. And Stefan will be talking about um, some of the, you know, the newer technologies that Parks Victoria are using to um, do the monitoring and research in the marine parks. Over the recent years, um, Parks Victoria have been um, getting into using autonomous underwater vehicles, so nice, you know, unmanned submarines. Essentially, um, they can send them off on. Um, Long journeys beneath the sea, taking photos and video, and um, yeah, that's a it's a way they can access areas that divers and and other technologies, well, maybe not technology technology might not be the right word, but places that are really difficult to access due to their depth or because yes. of the, the, you know the nature of the environment. So things like you know autonomous underwater vehicles, um, uh, autonomous aerial vehicles or drones, um, and even satellites. You know these are some of the technologies that. Um, parks are implementing and Stefan will be talking about you know, the sort of things they're finding after, and you see some of the images coming out of um, their work and they're, they're quite spectacular. Fantastic, sounds good. Uh, Stefan's had uh, obviously, as Pete said, um, leading up the uh, the marine science uh, area of, of Parks Vic effectively and uh, he and um, Mark Rodrigue are the two that have had a lot to do with the uh, the Sharing the Love Forum which has been a wonderful event that uh, runs uh, on an annual basis generally and uh, what that or I think it's actually every two years from memory mm. and what that does is bring all the, uh, the marine friends groups together, the 
uh, the citizen scientists, as you mentioned before, Pete. Get them all together in the one room, and you, it's it's a wonderful event because it gets everyone from literally the far west of the state. So you're talking Merai Marine Sanctuary in Warrnambool, uh, right through all the Port Phillip Bay sanctuaries. So Marine Care Ricketts Point, Marine Care Point Cook, the Jawbone Marine Sanctuary Care Group, um, and then also out uh, way out to the east, um, Beware Reef, and um, all of that sort of thing. So it's the whole state coming together at the one event. It's always a great thing. So um, Parks Vicar, uh, obviously, and, and Stefan um, are putting a hell of a lot of effort into, you know, collecting the findings and collecting the research and then disseminating it through various channels. And this is a, obviously another very good way to do that. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Awesome. Okay, um, what we might do is just a little change of pace. We might um, have a quick breather here. I'm going to play a little uh, aquatic-themed joke now. This is uh, this is called the frog joke, and the voices you'll hear are Kerry O'Keefe and Glenn Mitchell, and this was taken from ABC Radio a few years back. Just have a, a listen and enjoy this one. A frog goes into a bank and approaches the teller. He can tell from a nameplate that her name is Patricia Wack. Miss Wack, I'd like to get a $30,000 loan to take a holiday. Bracken to uh, Sangakara, who leaves the ball, moving away from him. Paddy looks at the frog in disbelief and asks his name. The frog says his name is Kermit Jagger. His dad is Mick Jagger and that it's okay. He knows the bank manager. Paddy explains that he will need to secure the loan with some collateral. The frog says, sure, I have this. And he produces a tiny porcelain elephant, about an inch tall, bright pink and perfectly formed. Just going to take many oats. Bracken <laughs> running away from us again and Sangakara another leave. Very confused, Pad, uh, Paddy explains that she'll have to consult with the bank manager and disappears into the back office. She finds the manager and says, there's a frog called Kermit Jagger out there who claims to know you and wants to borrow 30000 and he wants to use this as collateral. She holds up the tiny pink elephant. I mean, what in the world is this? The bank manager looks back at her and says, It's a knick-knack, Paddywhack. Give the frog a loan. His old man is a rolling stone. <laughs> Bracken. <laughs> Sangakara, who's a down, demanded me off. And there's no run. That was the frog joke from Kerry O'Keefe and Glenn Mitchell. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. What do you think of that one, Pete? Uh, it's, I have I, listening to it now. I've heard it before, and it's just as funny the second time. <laughs> I think half of it's Kerry O'Keefe's laugh at the end. Yes, <laughs> right. that. Yeah. yes. certainly miss him. Um, doing a great job at uh, ABC Radio as a cricket commentator for many years, which is why we had that uh, the, the cricket going on in the background. Yeah. Okay, so uh, continuing on with the idea of showcasing Victoria's marine science. So we've uh, looked at John Buckridge from RMIT, Stephen Howe from Parks Victoria, and Paul Carnell from the Blue Carbon Lab. Um, who else have we got lined up, Pete? Uh, we've also got Dr. Re Rebecca Morris uh, from the University of Melbourne. And Rebecca works on uh, using nature to protect our coasts. Uh, we'll all be familiar with the, the sort of um, infrastructure we use to protect beaches and marinas, um, you know, seawalls, um, breakwaters, um, you know, the, the, the groins and things you see on beaches to control the way sand moves around. And uh, Beck, Rebecca looks at um, ways we can make them a little bit um, more natural, I suppose, or actually when we're building these things, include you know, some maybe some more 
um, interesting or um, you know, sort of habitats that mimic mimic natural things. Um, yeah, Rebecca right. started this work up in Sydney, uh, which uh, Sydney Harbour has a huge amount of seawall um, around it. Um, but they're very they're quite flat, blank sorts of um, habitats, and so people are starting, including um, Rebecca, starting to look at these things and go, well, maybe we can do better. Maybe we can make these actually you know, some interesting habitats so that we get a much great, wider range of biodiversity colonising them. Yeah, right. Um, and that'll, you know, that help. it means it's an improvement to the environment, makes them more interesting to humans um, and, you know, possibly increases um, pro- coastal productivity. Yeah, right. Closer to home, I wonder if she'll be talking much about the, I, I guess, the example from Port Phillip Bay that really captured everyone's imagination and certainly made some headlines was the uh, Portsy uh, with the with the beach um, sort of disappearing. Um, do you know much about that one, Pete? I think people were talking about it possibly being a, res- uh, a result of the channel deepening and dredging that went on a few years ago. Yeah, back. Look, I think it's, um, I think there's studies that have, shown that there might have been a contributing factor um i'm not not entirely sure of the details but yeah uh, certainly they they had a pretty major problem um (laughs) it's been it's been dealt with in the best way available so you know basically built a a seawall down there yeah Um, but yeah it's Yeah. Oh, Beck might have some good ideas on uh, on that one. That's uh, yeah, very interesting. Potentially, yeah. So that that'll be an interesting way to see. You know, hopefully, the rest of us can see. Well, you know, what are the options available when we're building these sorts of things? Because um, you know, when you look at a breakwater, it's often quite a a boring sort of thing to look at from a marine biological point of view. But if you you know deploy some more interesting um, habitats and things, it might become. A bit more of a, a feature. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, we also have another researcher from the University of Melbourne, this time a botanist, Dr. Haroon Verbruggen, who hails from uh, Belgium originally, mm. has been in Australia for um, a few years now. Uh, and Haroon looks at uh, algal biodiversity, so the seaweeds and, um, and other algae uh, all around the world. But... Um, at the moment, particularly um, around Australia and also places like Papua New Guinea. Yep. Um, and Haroon's uh, research is showing that while currently we we believe there's about 10,000 species of algae in Australian waters, um, perhaps this is an organ- order of magnitude too low. So the actual number of algae species might be um, 10 times that. Fair dinker. Um, and this is, you know, the, it, it's fascinating stuff um haroon's been looking at um what uh they call boring algae um not because they're not interesting <laughs> um but they're algae that actually bore into um the, the skeletons of corals and they they live in the inside the corals right. which opens up a whole new habitat for algae Gee. and a whole new group of of algae species and so that this that that's that's where their, I suppose, their estimates um, are coming from. In that, you know, well, algae are living in a much wider range of habitats than we currently yeah. are understanding. If, if they're bunkered down in the coral, they're sort of out of sight, out of mind. That's so, right. would, when they've, they've bored into the coral, um, would that be a symbiotic sort of relationship with the coral? I'm not too sure. Yeah. We might have to uh, wait and yeah, hear the talk <laughs> to find out. Yeah, but, um, yeah, certainly, it's uh, some uh, quite 
quite new. Fascinating new area. They, that sort of field, uh, whether you're talking about microalgae um, or macroalgae, uh, it's just an absolutely fascinating area. I'm mm. trying to think now, did you see the doco a little while ago on, on the ABC on uh, on seaweeds? Yes, I did. I thought it was, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a nice sort of good news yeah, story, that one. It did have a good some feel of the, to it, that one, didn't it? Some of the you know, things we could do if we got serious about growing seaweeds and yeah. um, in Australia and around the world. Yeah, yeah, no reason mm. we can't really get into that space. That'll, yeah. uh, that's a very interesting area to keep a, a watch on. Yes, and uh, being a, a, someone who does a lot of botany myself, I could talk about algae for hours, but yeah. I should uh, um, mention our final speaker, and we're very excited to have this talk. Uh, we're having, we've got Dr Diane Bray from Museum Victoria. Um, Museum Victoria have been a great supporter of showcasing Victoria's marine science in the past, and we've had some great speakers from Museum Victoria. The first showcasing Victoria's marine science um, back in 2015, Dr Tim O'Hara came along and spoke about um, deep sea biodiversity. That's right. And his talk was sort of about, well, a lot of it, our understanding comes from a very few samples, some of them collected back, you know, as far back as the 1800s from the deep sea off Australia. You know, there was only about two actual samples of the seabed biota. Um, but since then, uh, and especially now that Australia has a new research vessel, um, a bit more has been happening. So um, Dr Bray will be talking about um, an east coast, um, a deep sea research trip down the east coast of Australia where they did a lot of dredging, a lot of video, um, a lot of other sampling and found this huge range of, of creatures new to science. Some of them they already knew about, but a huge range that were we're new to science. Unreal. So. That's going to be a beauty, that one. I'm yeah, it will be. I think the, the images from that should be yeah. pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, those will pretty much speak for themselves, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that'll be good. I only met Diane uh, recently, um, in fact, um, and she's got this uh, huge name in that uh, in that field. Uh, she's a very esteemed scientist. And um, I caught up with her recently in Geelong. They had the launch of the Nature Conservancy's um, The Reef Cam out at uh, out at Pope's Eye. Oh, um, right. And that was terrific. That's one of those things where you can tap in off the net and look view these things in real time. Live webcam. Rass come and check out yeah. the webcam and everything and the jackets cruising past. It's a, a beautiful thing. And she was there with uh, Martin Gomon, who's, uh, yeah, done a lot of work in yeah. the area. She both, was. She, both experts on fish. Certainly are, yes, yes. Um, she, uh, she was disappointed. She got crook recently. She was going to be doing a presentation for us at the Field Naturalist Club of Victoria, um, where there was a, a seminar presentation that was uh, looking at marine biodiversity essentially and she mm. was uh, she was crushed she couldn't get along to that one so she had to get um, uh, someone else to come and do a fill-in I think it was Martin from memory who come along and obliged right. us there so they're uh, yeah terrific uh, terrific bunch of people this is a really uh, sort of a star-studded lineup so uh, yeah please uh, get along to this one yeah well um, yeah hope to see you there um, get on to Eventbrite showcasing Victoria's marine science 2017 Um this Friday, 6 p.m. at RMIT. Unreal. Uh, thanks for having me along, Andrew. No worries at all, Pete. Thanks very much. And uh, just one shameless plug for myself. For any of those of you who are interested in rays, and I'm talking about the stingrays and fiddler rays and all those sorts of things, the banjo sharks, um, I just wanted to let everyone know that on this uh, uh, Thursday, sorry, the 16th of November, it's the day before the uh, showcasing Victoria's Marine Science, in Newport at the Newport Scout Hall, uh, number 6 Market Street, Newport, I'll be doing a presentation 
conversation goes for about 45 minutes to an hour on um, looking at the uh, the different ray species that are floating around in Port Phillip Bay. They're, um, you know, obviously for, for pretty obvious reasons, people are sometimes a bit apprehensive when it comes to uh, to stingrays and, and those sorts of things, but they are a, a gorgeous animal to behold in their natural environment. So, uh, yeah, if you it's a, it's a freebie, so if you, uh, if you want to come along, uh, please do so. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on Out of the Blue for this week. Uh, stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.